This video is sponsored by New Masters Academy. Learn to draw, paint, or sculpt from the world's best artists. New Masters Academy offers a professional art school equivalent education from the comfort of your home. New Masters Academy is affordable, a fraction of the cost of traditional art school. New Masters Academy courses are taught by top professional artists and instructors with decades of experience in both the fine art and entertainment art fields. New Masters Academy offers courses suitable for beginners as well as professionals with resources including over 1,500 hours of structured art courses, interactive live classes and certificates, downloadable course attachments, member-only community perks, over 50,000 professional reference images, over 100 interactive 3D reference models. You can share your successes and struggles on New Masters Academy's public forums or interact live through New Masters Academy's Discord channel. Get portfolio reviews, personalized learning plans, career advice, and more with optional one-on-one -on -one coaching. Every course is included with your subscription and all courses are available for unlimited streaming. Go to www.nma.art and start your seven-day free trial. You can use the coupon code ARTPROF at checkout to save 20% off your subscription. What's up, people? Welcome to our Studio Artist Hangout. And if you want to learn how to turn your artistic weakness into your strength, check out ARTPROF.org where we have lots of free resources, tutorials, critiques, art dares, and all that cool stuff. So what's everyone working on today? Uh, Clara, let's start with you. I am working on a scene from my mother-in-law's kitchen. This is actually this epic meal that we had a couple weeks ago. And it's on our Flickr page if anybody wants to check it out. But I was excited about the scene because it's sort of chiaroscuro drama which you don't usually see in the kitchen <laughs> so i thought that would be really fun alex what are you doing uh i just finished reading um the wheel of time and uh so i'm doing a little bit of portfolio building of just a random playful sketch of like one of the characters from that and wanted to play around with clouds quickly so <laughs> Jordan? Um, uh, I'm just doing some fun head sketching. <laughs> I was <laughs> trying to figure out what to do today. And I was like, I'm not sure. So I'm just going to default back to the, the comfort zone for the day. But uh, I'm going to try and stylize it a little bit, a little bit differently mm. than I normally do if I can. Well, oh, tell us so in the chat, everybody if you are with us in your studio and if you are tell us what type of work you're doing because super fun when we all just sort of chill and make our stuff like for example matt says hello everybody my computer is way too slow and the comments taking a long time to load <laughs> gonna try to get a start on the basics track still life today yeah, if you don't know what Manette is talking about, we have these tracks that are available on artprof.org, and there's two versions. There's a free track. You can totally do that at your own pace. But we also have these premium tracks that we're running, and you do have to pay a fee for that. But we're having a blast. Like, Jordan, can you tell people how that's going? Oh, it's so much fun. So uh, the... It's all on Discord, and the communities are, or the classes are pretty small. They're intimate, and 
everyone gets their opportunity to share what they're working on and um, they all have their own individual and unique goals that they want to pursue. And so we talk about their work, give them feedback, uh, see if we can help them to achieve those goals. And each week they do the assignment and 99% of the time they always improve. <laughs> you know, it's just exciting. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and we're doing some. Uh, and Alex, the, you and I are gonna team up to do the drawing basics track. Yeah, which I'm so excited about. And I think, yeah, it just seems like it perfectly mirrors the classroom setting of just the Discord and everyone sharing their work and being in the chat, like just like an in-person critique. I honestly didn't think that was going to be possible because, you know, when you're used to being in the classroom, I was in the classroom for over 15 years, you just sort of make this assumption that like, oh, there's nothing that could ever be as good as teaching in person. That That's the best it's going to be. And online learning is always going to be inherently inferior. But I don't mm -hmm. think that's true anymore. What do you think, Jordan? I think... I think there's so much potential with online learning and we've seen a lot of changes in the last year and a half to two years that I think people are starting to get more and more used to it, but I think we're just scratching the surface. And what I like about the, the premium tracks in general is that you're communicating with people who are all over the world who come from completely different backgrounds and perspectives. And, um, and at least with the art prof community, I could say everyone's incredibly encouraging. And when you have that as your, your base in your setup, that everything seems to flow much, much better in general. Hey, Alex, are you painting that story because that show is coming out on, I think, Amazon? Yeah, it's funny. A friend of mine recommended I read it because the show is coming out. I'm very curious oh, really? about it. So, yeah, so I know the, the series is like 12 volumes. It's massive. Um, I like it. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. It's interesting to see how, uh, I, I don't know, I kind of find myself doing this with like artists, with books, with movies and stuff where I'm having a lot of fun. Like I like fantasy, so I like kind of going into like the history of it of like, oh, what was some like really influential like 90s fantasy that kind of revitalized the genre? So it's cool seeing how it's inspired so many things to follow it. Well, I did watch the preview because I love watching movie previews. I don't know what my deal is, but it looks a <laughs> lot like Game of Thrones. I feel like they're trying to sell it as like the next Game of Thrones. Yeah, I mean, it could. Like, like I said, I guess that it's like 12 volumes book. It's so long that the original author died before it could finish. I think it was his nephew who finished it for him, but to like fan acclaim, like he didn't like mess it up. <laughs> That's always really cool when that happens. When you, I mean, obviously it's sad when you have to pass it on because those circumstances, but when you do a good job, that's gotta be really rewarding. Oh yeah. Not just creatively also, but like, um, I can't, I can't remember if it was a relative or not, the guy who continued it on, but that's gotta be such a weird cathartic feeling, you know? Yeah. So Jordan, your head studies, how do you how do you know like what head you want to study today? Like <laughs> um, are you well, <laughs> making a head or 
Uh, well, I, I have Pinterest open on one tab and then the stream going on the other. And then I have this book that I'm looking at right now. Um, it's called Pancreatia by Ryan Benjamin. I bought it almost 10 years ago, I guess. And I just like his style. So I'm just looking at this and looking at the head pic, uh, photo and I'm adding my own flair to it and just seeing how I can have fun with it. So, yeah. But it's kind of a guessing game other than that. <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying to figure it out just like everyone else is, <laughs> you know. So John Murph is asking, what material are you using, Clara? I am using these Neocolor 2 Karen Dash crayons. These are actually water soluble, but I'm not going to be using water with them, but they're nice. They get really good coverage on this black watercolor paper that I'm using. So I'm having a lot of fun with that. Alex, you're doing gouache? Mm -hmm. I'm doing gouache, yeah. I guess we're all doing our comfort zone today, aren't we? <laughs> I was, it's funny, I was really debating for this one doing acrylic because I really wanted these loud, vibrant colors. But then I kind of realized like, you know what? I have been using gouache a lot like watercolor lately. So I'm kind of taking this as a chance to kind of use the medium I know and love in a slightly different way. But yes, comfort zone. <laughs> Is it too late to change the title of the stream, Claire? Is it just comfort zone hangout? Comfort zone. <laughs> Be the lazy artist better, you've always wanted to be. Everybody better right. be wearing slippers. Everyone better be just doing what you're comfortable with. <laughs> Nothing I mean, too fancy. I'm in my pajama pants, so I yeah, I'm doing this to the max, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. I can't do that. It's like too comfortable, and then I can't focus. That's interesting. For me, I like because I started drawing as a kid and i've always just thought it was fun i feel like this for me calms me down a bit and it makes me feel like there's not as much pressure on me like psychologically you know that's uh, yeah because anytime i'm like wake up and i'm like today i will paint today i will paint and i really get in the mood or try to get in the mood once i sit down got nothing kind of have to trick myself into it yeah Danya says, my first art prof video was Alex and gouache. That's actually the entry point for a lot of people because it's one of the most popular videos on our channel. So actually that makes me curious. Tell us in the chat, what was your first art prof video? I feel like I'm asking people about their first kiss or something. <laughs> Another stream, Clara. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I purely said that to get your reaction. I was just curious. Don't, you don't have to share that personal information. You, guys, don't worry. you know what's you the first thing that went through my mind, Jordan? Hmm. No way. You know when you have these, these really terrible celebrity crushes and you're just looking up ridiculous things about them? And I didn't click on the article. But it said that Benedict Cumberbatch's first kiss was, quote, underwater. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa like a shape of water situation? Like 20,000 leagues <laughs> into the sea or something? Like, I don't know. That's why I clicked on that article. Mm -hmm. Isn't one the of those, like, clickbait, 
websites where like every article is like something ridiculous and then you have to click next like 48 times to figure out what it's saying yeah. <laughs> you know what i'm talking about <laughs> yep. yes i do <laughs> i hate those pages i'm like i just want to know what i came here for 20 minutes ago <laughs> Yeah, like I want to know the gambling trick that's not technically illegal, but Vegas hates it. Right. When I use it. <laughs> Tell me the secret to wealth. Really, for me, it's like, how did Benedict and Sophie Hunter really meet? <laughs> oh, it's so I bad. wish more celebrities just use like Tinder or OkCupid or something, because no one would think they're real, right? Like. <laughs> yeah, it would just true. be so funny if they were just like, that would be yeah, funny. it's a good way to meet people. <laughs> Actually, you know what? There was an actress who did that. Um, Tatiana Ali, she played Ashley in The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. She met her husband on a dating site. No kidding. She did? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would just love that conversation of just like, okay, can I see a real picture of you? This is clearly right. just the actress from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Like, no, that's me. Okay. <laughs> you seem funny. Let's meet up, even though I don't know what you look like. <laughs> right. Can you imagine the shock when you beat chat? Like, oh, snap, you, you are the one who was in the TV show. <laughs> that is so crazy. And then the quote-unquote offense the person would take, you thought I was lying to you? <laughs> well. <laughs> I wonder if that's why so many, like, celebrities end up partnering with other celebrities because they're the only ones that like understand you know i think that's part of it yeah no one understands me <laughs> marry each other i mean who else would understand that bizarre lifestyle that they live yeah, I, don't I don't know, know. Maybe now it's easier because we have like 14 year old tiktokers becoming world famous so maybe in a couple of years it will be like that <laughs> But it's funny, like TikTok famous is definitely, it's, I guess the only way to describe it is like you can somewhat turn off the celebrity nature yeah. of it. Where like, I don't know, with the coffee shop I'm at, if like a TikTok celebrity comes in, they have to tell me they're a TikTok celebrity. And I'm still like, oh, I didn't realize that'll still be $5. <laughs> um, right. But like, if like <laughs> Tom Cruise came in, I'd be like, whoa, it's Tom Cruise, you know? Yep, that's totally fair. but see here's the thing about celebrities i feel so bad for them like i don't know that i would ever go up to them and be like hey wolverine man you know like i just would never have the nerve to do that i just think it's such a horrible life to live actually for you clara i, I think you might actually go up to yeah it's i think that's a bad example i think that's exactly that's who you are <laughs> Maybe Alex and I could pull it off, but I don't know about you. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I just freeze. I would just be like so flustered. I don't think I could do it. Did I tell you about the time I met Magic Johnson? No. <laughs> I, I, I was at a, anyway. Tell it again. I was um. So I went to a school with a lot of Jewish kids, and I went to a bar mitzvah. <clears throat> when I was 12 or 13 years old and this kid's father 
basically is the same one who signed Magic Johnson to the Lakers back in the 90s. And uh, he was there, and I was at the In-N-Out truck just waiting for my food, and I look up next to me, and I see this really tall guy. And I was like, I know your face, but I don't know who you are. <laughs> like, I couldn't put my finger on it. And, mm. and he just smiled at me. He's like, waved. He's like, you know, because I'm just a kid, you know. And then about five minutes later, I was like, oh, crap, that was Magic Johnson. And he said hi to me. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then come to find out, my dad had a whole conversation with him. Like, he was chopping it up with with magic for a while that was pretty cool <laughs> that is really yeah. funny i have a picture of it on my fa- facebook somewhere i'll have to find it maybe i'll share it in the discord later or something there was i saw S emma watson i heard s is saying i heard that it was okay to stay within your comfort zone sometimes since you can hone your craft that way more practice more improvement well what do you think about that alex yeah, because that's exactly what's like, I mean, I can't, I really love working with gouache and I can do what I do with gouache because I do it all the time. Like that practice makes perfect thing. And yeah, there there is a certain degree to be said of like right now I'm using a medium I'm very comfortable with, but I'm intentionally using it in a different way. So yeah, I would 100% always have that mindset of like, there's no painting I do where I know exactly what's going to happen. Like I always end up surprising myself in them. So I'd say keep that beginner's mind with it, no matter how well you know the medium. What do you guys think about that? Um, the way it was told to me is a comfort zone is a beautiful place, but nothing ever grows there. <laughs> and so, so it's, it's a double-edged sword. It's a double-edged sword because it's like, you know, you can always get better at things you're already good at, but if that comes at the risk of not pursuing something else and, you know, you're restricting your, your ability to grow as an artist or just in whatever thing you do, um, that can be a challenge too. So I think it comes with balance, honestly. I really like the phrase. I mean, I think that. you need a little bit of both. I think if you are always doing different stuff it can be very disorienting so you you do have to return to home base i guess every now and then or you start to feel a little crazy after a while right mm -hmm. yeah i think i think it, it really is for me that sense of just try something new even if you're doing something familiar um because yeah like when i think of like artists that i emulate and aspire to like some are like oil painters that have just done oil paintings for a million years, haven't touched anything else. And I mean, in their practice time, maybe they dabble in watercolor or sculpture or what have you. Um, but yeah, I do think there's something to be said of like logging in those hours to a medium that you feel comfortable using. Just don't let yourself get complacent with it. Whoop. It's cadmium. Use Joe is saying, is the stream lagging or is it just me? Yeah, we have a little bit of a lag on the Hangouts because I'm just running so many programs on my computer. I mean, sheesh, I don't even want to try to explain to you all what we have to do to do these streams tech-wise. It's just very complicated. So that's the consequence. But because these are Hangouts, I'm not as worried about the precision because we're not 
teaching something step by step. But yeah, sorry. I hope someday the tech improves. Here's a good comment from Ginger Cell who says, I feel like sometimes you just need to relax and go back to your favorite medium. Yeah, I mean, art should be challenging and it should be something that is not always easy, but it shouldn't be stressful. What do you think about that, Jordan? I, I agree. I went through many stressful times at art school, and it made me question my life decisions at a couple points. <laughs> um, and so I think there needs to be a balance between you know what you're learning, what you're trying, and the amount of stress you put on yourself. Um, and just try to remember to have fun. I think art. I think most people get into art and creative things because they find it fun, and Obviously, I can't always be the case. Work is work at the same time, but I don't know. I try to try to make it as balanced and enjoyable as I can. That's fair. I mean, Alex, is it ever not fun for you? And if it is, yep. what circumstance <laughs> is it not fun? Um, I think it's not fun when I get into my own headspace with it. Like, like, oh, I could be better with this, like, blah, blah, blah. Um, it's also not fun when I'm not like inspired to do the piece. Um, I think that was one of the things that like led me away from picking up a lot of freelance work was like that, like, man, if I'm really not feeling it, I'm just not feeling it. Um, and just kind of wanting to focus on the kind of work that makes me want to paint which is very different from like other illustrators I know and talk to of like, oh no, like I can just, part of the excitement is getting a new project. It's like, oh, I've never done this before. But yeah, not feeling inspired to do it is probably the number one thing for me. I mean, for me, if I'm not having fun with an art thing, I'd rather just like wash dishes, you know? It's like, it's not better that it's an art thing if I don't like it. Like sometimes getting paid to do something really simple, it, it feels better than doing a terrible art job. Does that makes any sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get that. That's actually something I struggle with when I was, um, cause I think, I guess there's two camps when it comes to like, doing new art things. For me, I was always kind of stuck in one general category. And I remember when I was forced to take classes like lithography and um, like book binding and stuff like that, like they were kind of cool, but not most of the time. And that really just felt more stressful. And I ended up kind of freaking out a lot more because I didn't know what I was doing. And I was like, okay, yeah, I need to go back to basics with this. Jill Kama, thank you so much for the super sticker. Everybody, we still need your support. Because we do have a Patreon goal. Oh, and Arby Dick, thank you so much for the super sticker. 
I hope these emojis are working. I think they're working. <laughs> they're coming up for me just fine. Okay, good. Whoa, Rio B. Thank you so much. I think you all just want to see all seven emojis. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. We appreciate mm -hmm. y'all. Well, I cannot tell you how nice it was to get the Patreon payment after the raffle because, oh my gosh, it's such a difference. It's like just a little bit less stress. And so you can see from this banner that we haven't quite hit our Patreon goal, which is 6,000, but we're, we're getting there. But we still need people to pledge. And another thing about Patreon is you're not just supporting us, you're also getting stuff. Like you get fun stuff. <laughs> like Jordan, you write that newsletter, which is really fun yeah. because it's all exclusive content. Yep, you guys get some artwork that I never share anywhere else, not my Instagram, not my art station. And occasionally I'll even do like a process video um, if I do something in Procreate. I think actually this month I did that. Um, so yeah. And the Patreon channels in the Discord, it's like 24 seven art party in there. It's awesome. And the thing is a lot of people have said to me, they're like, oh my God, I didn't know how cool it was until I got here. So you should all hang out there because it's really fun. I would have died if I had something like that in high school. Like Alex, was it very isolating when you were oh, in high school yeah. as far as being an artist and having people to talk to? Absolutely. Like it's never easy, but I'm very jealous of, um, jealous is the wrong word. I'm very happy for like high school students who are into art now because there's such a wonderful world at your fingertips that is not the kind of toxic internet that was um, readily available when I was in high school. Like, just, it's so good to instantly suss out a community and see if it is toxic or supportive. And yeah, I think that the Art Prof group is one of the most supportive groups I've found on the internet. It's devoted to growth, but not in a disparaging way. I mean, Jordan, you're in there pretty often now that I've been trying to beef up the TA presence and it's fun for you guys. <laughs> it's not like a drag, you know, to be in there. Oh, no, definitely. I, I really enjoy going to the, the Discord and just talking to different people. Every time I go in there, there's always like five or six new people in there at the very least. And, you know, everyone, not just myself, but all the other TAs, Clara, um, some of the other mods, they give everyone a warm welcome and point them in the direction they need to go for tutorials or channels that they want to post the art in or whatever the case is and um, it's just great it's really supportive and you know the fact that's all online like the fact that we've built this community from scratch is just insane to me mm -hmm. well and i know some people get very intimidated i totally get it about joining an online community like especially if you've had a bad experience somewhere where people were mean or too competitive i, I get why maybe you wouldn't want to join but nice and the people who aren't nice get kicked out <laughs> very good <laughs> about that yeah, adios. emmy romano thank you so much for the super sticker 
How many? We've gone through a lot of animation already. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks, I guys. know. I love it. And like within the five, same five minutes. <laughs> Yeah, so guys, Angelic it, says that we have bouncers in the Discord. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. There we go. So, Jordan, you know how I'm watching Breaking Bad? I, I'm on the last season, actually. Ooh. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. You know yeah. what I've decided? I, I need to have. I need to have guys like Mike. You know how Mike is always like, I got my guys. <laughs> I want oh, something yeah. like that. Yeah, Mike, Mike is pretty legit. He's he's dope. I, I want to have I'm, Huel. I love Huel. Oh. <laughs> oh I, I want him at my house. I want him just, you know, around. <laughs> he's such an angel. Huel is classic. You know the crazy thing about the actor who plays Mike? I didn't realize I had seen him before in a movie, and he plays the exact same role. Did I talk to you about this, Claire? Yeah, you told me this. <laughs> yeah, he's in he's in Beverly Hills Cop, and he's the same character. He plays an assassin. Only difference is he's younger and has hair, and it's freaking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and he has the same straight face he always does. Wait, Beverly Hills Cop, the original? Yeah, he plays wow. like the main. He's the the main dude who's like the um like the the side man to uh, Victor Maitland. Man, that's insane! I gotta rewatch right? that just to find Mike. Yeah, he's totally there. <laughs> so we have a comment from Jen who says, "I have that quote problem that I'm earning money with my comfort zone, which is realistic pet portraits, but that means less or no time for more free art, and that sucks sometimes." Do any tips mm-hmm. for that, Alex? Because I suspect you are so not the only one that feels that way. Yeah, um, I think when I was in the dregs of like making income from work that I didn't really enjoy, it's it seemed so simple, but it took me a while to realize that you have to schedule time to do personal work. Um, like you just have to. And it's weird because you're like, my resistance to that was like, ah, but I'm painting all day. Like, why do I need to do that? But you really need to kind of have that time for yourself to play around, make the work that you really enjoy doing. And it's, yeah, kind of view it as like a doctor's appointment or another work thing. Like, make it, you cannot do <laughs> it. Like, you can't say like, ah, I was going to do personal work today, but I think I'll just kind of go to the park instead. It's like, no, you like you have to plan for it. Well, Jordan, do you plan for your personal work or do you just squeeze it in whenever? Uh, I need to plan. Um, I've actually had a hard time keeping uh, a set schedule lately uh, because a lot of, I, I tend to keep a lot of stuff in my head, which has worked in the past like very well. But now I'm at a place where I don't think that can feel so seamlessly anymore. So I think I might have to mimic Alex on that response. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I mean, another option is you can always just do more for your work and then that'll free you up some time because you don't have to take on as many clients that way. Uh, it's the only other solution I could think of for this. Mm-hmm. It's really hard, that balance. Yeah. 
I mean, do either of you ever feel sort of guilty when you're doing your, because you're like, I'm not getting paid and I don't know if this is going to actually go anywhere. I don't know. It's like I have so much trouble justifying certain things, which is sort of stupid because it all matters, but I don't know. Or, or like I spend a long time doing something. I'm like, it's going to pay off. And then it doesn't, or at least not immediately. And then I get annoyed. I feel really biased in my answer because I am like intentionally taking a pause from pursuing illustration work, which the reason I cite that as a bias is because it's very easy for me to like be like, eh, don't worry about it. Just do the stuff you want to do, you know, like without that pressure of, oh, I only have so many hours in a day. Like I could be doing this job I have. I think, yeah, that's where it like it, even if it's only one hour a day that's so helpful and so important for giving yourself that time to do your work. I, I saw something, I might have on Instagram or TikTok, but it said basically that we under, we overestimate what we can do in a day, but underestimate what we can accomplish in a year. And mm. I think people forget about the baby steps a lot of times. And this includes myself. Um, so like, if you want to do like 30 different things and we, you know, we only have 24 hours. Even if you try to do an hour a day on each of those topics, you wouldn't do it. You, you just couldn't physically. But if you pace it where you could say, okay, in three months I want to be here, six months I want to be here, nine months, 12 months, et cetera, then I think that can end up creating a lot more success in the long run. And um, and in terms of art, you'll most likely get a lot better because consistency and repetition you know, usually kind of, the marker to success. So. Mm -hmm. Well, we have a question here from Com Cuke who says, Alex, do you have any tips for blending acrylic paint for colors that are similar hue, colors that are different hues? I'm working on portraits, but they aren't realistically colored. Ooh. I think um, realistically colored be darned <laughs> um, is the first thing I'd say. <laughs> Because, yeah, like that's, I still remember a um, kind of, it's kind of like a good trick for how lighting and faces work of like yellow on the forehead, red in the middle, green at the bottom, like green from the nose down, um, eyebrows up is yellow and then the rest's red. And of course, that's very, very exaggerated look to it, but it helps structure the light and it's good to have in the back of your head. And so, yeah, in the same way of like when you're painting an eye, don't paint an eye, paint the shapes you see. Likewise, try to not think of like, oh, I'm mixing their skin tone right now, or I'm mixing their hair color. Think, what color is this isolated spot, really? And remove preconceptions of what you think the color is. And then you'll find stuff that really ends up working for you. I hope that was helpful. Alex, I cannot believe that when I asked you to join Art Prof a million years ago, you're like, what, me teach? That was like so succinct. I'm like, I don't understand. <laughs> like you could ever have thought you wouldn't have been a good teacher. Like it's so weird to me that you have that thought. I don't sound like that. How could you have thought that you wouldn't have been able to teach? I don't get it. Oh, I'm... Severe depression. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, really. Okay. Like that whole imposter syndrome thing is, I think, a big thing for artists, just in general. 
Yeah, I feel that imposter syndrome all the time too. I totally mm -hmm. did it. Rainbow Art says, I've had to drop out of college due to my health. Was wondering if you have any advice on selling art online as well as doing art exhibitions. Well, Rainbow mm. Arts, I would recommend because those are giant questions <laughs> that we won't answer within the amount of time that we have. Go to artprof.org and click on pro development. On pro development, we have a section on business and selling and another section about promoting and we have videos on all of those topics. Really the most important thing I think in terms of selling is figuring out who your audience is because I think sometimes people have this idea that they're just gonna blanket sell to everybody, but I don't think that that is a great way to do it. And you can end up spreading yourself way too thin. And sometimes just finding that niche audience is really helpful. I mean, like Alex, for you, people might think, oh, well, you should just sell to people that like paintings. It's like, no, you should sell to people that like fantasy paintings because that's what you do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and sometimes bad, bad feedback from the wrong source can be helpful. Like for me, like it's like some people who see the work I do and how it's turning into more fantasy based. Um, if they are like, yeah, I don't really like fantasy. I'm not really digging it. I'm like, hey, perfect. You're telling me that I'm hitting the mark. <laughs> like, uh, ah. Let's get some yellow. Oh, boy. John is asking, John Murph, what brand of paper are you using? I think it's Aqua Cold Press. It's by Legion Paper, and it's a brand new black watercolor paper that they recently produced, and I like it. Mm. It's, it's really rich and full. I, I like the black surface a lot. Yeah, that sounds really fun. Oh, you would love it for gouache, Alex. This would be perfect for you. Oh, my God, yeah. Whoop. Corinne says, I'm wanting to start a YouTube channel for teaching kids art, but like Alex, I do suffer from depression, don't have a lot of confidence. Any suggestions on how to get past that? Well, Jordan just recently started a YouTube channel and Jordan, I know you were very hesitant about it for a while. So can you talk about how you got over that? I mean, it wasn't specific to depression, I think, but it's sort of similar that like, how do you get over that big hurdle of starting? I think the biggest fear I have was um, the fear of perceived failure. And um, like the wow. idea of if I put something out there, if it doesn't grow, if it doesn't do well, then I'm going to be embarrassed. Um, and so for me, I was just thinking, you know what, the people who are into it are going to like it anyway and there's something and it's actually a piece of advice you gave me Clara about um, you know there's there's plenty of people who could teach art but there's certain people who want to learn specifically from you and I think that really yeah. pushed me forward and I think the hardest thing honestly was just hitting upload on that very first video because um, <laughs> I hesitated for like eight months or something. I made the channel months months before I had put anything up there. And just yesterday I hit 400 subscribers. It's only been up for like two and a half months. So for those of you who are watching and are subscribed, thank you very much. I appreciate you. Um, but yeah, I just think 
put it out there and just see what happens and don't have any particular expectations. Just have fun with it and your audience will come to you eventually. Alex, any tips on the depression part of that? I think the uh, first obvious one is like, you know, get get help for it. That was really helpful for me. Like, no, don't white knuckle it. And then also um, kind of just continually be gentle with yourself on it and know when your mind's uh, playing tricks on you. Like kind of it's, it is just a factor that you'll have to work around and that's okay. You're like, oh, no, like know your, hmm, trying to think of the way to phrase something that like I just think in my own head, you know? <laughs> Well, Alex, I think what you said that helped me actually was, is the criticism you're giving yourself legit constructive criticism or is it just hyperbole? Mm. Is it just, oh, I suck at art. That's not good constructive feedback. Or is it, yeah. oh, well, maybe yeah. I need to work on being more specific when I give advice. Like that's something you can actually work on. But if I just say, oh, I suck at painting, like that's not good. Yeah, that doesn't help anybody. No. Hmm. We have a question from Gardenia. I'm a beginner artist. Ooh, you did the art dare in October. Awesome. Should I focus on the fundamentals rather than spreading my time doing fun things like playing with mediums and abstract art? Jordan, any thoughts? Um, I mean, I think, I, I actually don't think they're that separate. Playing with mediums and fundamentals actually kind of run together to me because you're just learning. Um, you're teaching yourself how to do these things. So like if I'm doing like watercolor and gouache or something like that, that could be considered messing around, but you're also learning how it works. Just like, um, if I try and draw still life and I'm practicing value or just playing around, it's still learning. So I don't think they're as separate as you imagine they are, um, but yeah, I do think fundamentals are absolutely essential to growing as an artist nonetheless. That said though, I do think that there are certain things that people think are fundamentals that actually are not. Like I have a lot of people who say to me, oh, well, shouldn't I learn anatomy? And I'm like, well, do you want to make figurative artwork? They're like, no, I have no interest in that whatsoever. I just want to do abstract paintings ultimately. I'm like, well, then don't bother. Because <laughs> like, why would you learn such a specific skill that takes forever and ever to learn when it's just so far removed from what you want to do? So anatomy is one of those things. It is fundamental, but it's only fundamental if you want to make figurative work. For everybody else, it doesn't really matter. And Charismatic says, what's the name of Jordan's channel? It's Joe McFoe show, right? Uh, um, yeah, I can, can I type it in the chat? Let's see. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's also, if you go to Jordan's Instagram, which is also Joe McFoe, you can find it. And W315 says, do you all think there's a kind of link between imposter syndrome feeling like all your art has to be for sale, sellable, transactional. Alex, what do you think about that? 
Yeah, I think that's especially because we have a mindset now where everything has to be for an income. Like, even if someone's like has a full time career, it's like, oh, I just picked up art. Like, I've always wanted to. The first question people will typically ask them is like, oh, great, are you going to be selling it? It's like, uh, <laughs> like I don't know. It's yeah. yeah, that's we always kind of push to that, and there's value in it. I'm not saying there isn't, but yeah, it's a good thing to kind of be aware of. Like a like a floating helium balloon, you just kind of poke it and acknowledge like this is a thought that doesn't necessarily apply to my work. Jordan, do you think it's street cred? Like people want to say, "Oh, I sold my art, therefore I'm legitimate." Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I struggle with that actually, and I remember, um, you know, e even this last year has been kind of challenging in a lot of ways because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about. Oh, am I, if I'm not working for a big studio, then my work isn't worth anything. Or, if, you know, if I'm not selling to someone right now this month, then, you know, I'm not an artist. And what I what I realize is I, I don't like the idea of having a title of artist dependent on whether or not someone else appreciates my work. You know, um, I think that's incredibly devaluing of what, you know, what we put into it. And I think it ends up making us feel worse. Now, obviously, if I make money from my, projects or something then i will take the money but <laughs> you know I, I don't think that that should be something that determines um, whether or not you're allowed to call yourself an artist or uh, or pursue it as a career or as a hobby um, there's just a lot of stuff that goes on into that. Jen is asking, are there art prof videos on how to start a YouTube art channel? Do not have one, but if you want us to make one, let us know because we've got Jordan and I here have our own little YouTube analytics support group because we have <laughs> both an unhealthy obsession with our YouTube analytics. It's really terrible. Oh, yeah. Jordan totally sucked in now. <laughs> yep. Clara taught me everything I need oh. to know about it. And yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right, everybody. I hope that you will hang out with Jordan and Alex. They are going to be in the Art Prof Discord in the post live streams channel. Please post the work that all of you made during this hangout because we love seeing your work. And a big thank you to our top Patreon supporters. We have new supporters today. We have Catherine Chow. And we also Ooh. have Rio B and Vanessa Felci. Thank you so much for joining the Patreon. I'm hoping we can incrementally chip away at that $6,000 Patreon goal. We need all the help we can get. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs>